continue this series today on friends. And um, we started this a few weeks back, talking about the importance of having the right people in your life, the right friends, the right fellowship. And we're going to continue that today. So if you got your Bibles with you, uh, let's go to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18, and we'll turn there first. We're going to continue this series about friends, how to make the right friends, how to be the right friend, how to keep the right friends in your life. So 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Verse 3. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor. And even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Can we get verse number one up there once again? It's going to be a key verse for today. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, as David, it says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Knit Together. Knit together. Look at your neighbor and say, knit together. Look at your other neighbor and say, knit together. Now, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about one of the greatest friendships in the Bible, and that's Jonathan and David, two men after God's own heart, Jonathan and David. We're going to talk about the importance of their relationship and what they meant to each other. And God supernaturally knit them together. He supernaturally brought them into each other's life divinely to make sure that they could help each other accomplish the will of God for their life. So uh, today we're going to continue about friends and specifically about being knit together. So before we get started, I'm going to take a drink. I've been having some throat issues, so you guys will be patient with me. Amen? Amen. So, talking about knit together. So, these two men, David and Jonathan, were, were best friends. And they were men of God that God divinely orchestrated to be a part of each other's life. So, as we get into this, we're talking today about knit together and that God... His plan, his intention is that you be knit together with certain people for a certain reason on this earth to accomplish something together. And there's certain people that God will put in your life that are for a purpose and for a reason that you need, that you can't accomplish what you need to accomplish without those people. And God knows who those people are. And this word knit means to tie or to bind together. This word knit means to tie or to bind together. 
And God will tie you or bind you with certain people in a good way to complete and fulfill the plan and the mission of God for your life. And God has that in his plan and his purpose that we would be knit together, tied or bound to the right people throughout life to help us accomplish a goal and a purpose. Now we're going to talk about Jonathan and David a second, but I want to read a verse in Colossians 2 and verse 2 in the New Living Translation. Now this is Paul speaking to a church. Now you're a church, and I'm going to speak to you as your pastor and say the same thing that Paul said. I want them to be encouraged. How many know that's my heart? I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to leave depressed and discouraged. I want you to be encouraged today. And notice what it says. And knit together by strong ties of love. Paul's heart for this church is that they would be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. And as your pastor today, that's my heart, that this church would be encouraged but we would be knit together with strong ties of love. Now, the love it's talking about right here is the God kind of love, is the agape kind of love that a church family could walk in this kind of love together, that they would be in love with one another, and they would be so close together, they would live life together, life groups. They would do life together. They would love each other as their own soul, that they would be family, not just on two hours on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week, they would do life together, and they would be family together, and they would live like the early church lived, which was a church that was encouraged, and they were bound together, knit together, tied together by strong ties of love. Strong ties of love. And Paul is saying this to this church. This is what I want for you. And as your pastor, this is what I want for you. To be encouraged and to be knit together by strong ties of love. Be tied and bound to one another to do life together. Because it's so important that you do. You need the right people in your life. I can't say that enough. You need to be tied and bound to the right people. It will either make or break your life. You're either going to go up or you're going to go down by who you're tied to. You're either going to win the race or you're going to lose the race by who you're tied to. By who you're tied to. It matters who you're knit together with, who you're tied together with. Now let's look. Once again, in 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1, we're going to go back to Jonathan and David, who were best friends here. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul, as his own soul. So these two men, now Jonathan was the son of Saul, which was the king. He was the son of Saul, so he came from a different background than David came from. This is why it's important that we choose friends, once again, based off of spiritual things and a divine connection, not off natural things. Because in the natural, there would be no way that these two should be friends. Because they're the complete opposite types of people. But there was something that happened divinely and supernatural that God knit them together. 
And that's what we need to be looking for. You need to be looking for the Holy Spirit to tell you, church family, on who you should be knit to and who you shouldn't be knit to. Because God will reveal you, real, reveal to you the spiritual, supernatural connection you have with somebody that you need to be a part of their life. And that's a spiritual thing, so you got to understand it spiritually, not based off of race, not based off of gender, not based off of age, not based off of likes and dislikes. It's based off a supernatural connection. That's who you should be knit together with. All the rest of those things are secondary, but you're looking for the spiritual connection. And we see that David and Jonathan in the natural could not even could, could not be any further from one another because they were completely different people from completely different backgrounds. But God said, no, you two need to be knit together for a purpose, for a reason to do something supernaturally. You need to respond about 50 times better than you're responding right now. Knit together. So this is what David was. David was a country boy. Do you know that? Dave was a country boy. He drove a Ford truck. He had a shotgun in the back. He had some camo on. He just came from Cabela's. He probably had some fried chicken on the stove. He was a country boy. He had some dirt under his fingernails. David, where was he? He was out in the fields with the sheep. He was a country boy. Playing his banjo for Jesus. Playing his banjo for the sheep. Just out there, just getting it with the sheep. And God said, that's a man after my own heart. The banjo's not, but he is. He's after my own heart. So David was a country boy. Everybody say country boy. So David was a country boy, and Jonathan was a city boy. Jonathan was the son of the king of Israel. He lived in the palace. Say, Jonathan was someone who drove a Mercedes Benz. Jonathan had a three-piece suit. Jonathan had his hair slicked back. Jonathan was completely different than David was in the natural. Country boy, city boy. No money, lots of money. Completely different backgrounds. But what happened? God said, you guys are called to be knit together to do something great, and I'm going to divinely orchestrate this relationship to do what you're called to do. But if they would have just chose based off of natural things, they would have missed each other. They would have missed each other. Can I ask you this question today? There's people in your life that you could have missed because you're judging it based off the natural. There's people that are in this church right now that there's other people that God's trying to connect you with, but you refuse to because you're basing it off natural things. That is immature thinking. That is immature ways of doing things. You need to base it off a spiritual connection because God could be trying to put you in somebody's life, and you might be the complete opposite person, but you need somebody like that. Have you not heard that before in marriage? If you're both the same, one of you is unnecessary. Right? But then on the other point, all married couples know 
your opposites get on each other's nerves. But you need each other because you're strong in different areas. Can I get amen in the house of God? But if both of you were the same, why do you need each other? You don't. Same way in friendship. But friendship, we do the opposite. We try to get everybody who's just like us to be close to us. You're not really helping one another because you need some people that are different than you in your circle. You need some people who think differently than you, maybe look differently than you. Maybe they have different jobs or different careers, maybe like different things than you like. It's helpful because then God can do something in your life. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying today? But if you're both the same, why do you need both of you? And that's what Jonathan and David were completely different from one another in the natural. But God put them together for a purpose and for a reason. And Jonathan and David became best friends. And it says that Jonathan and David were knit together, tied together, bound together supernaturally for a divine purpose. God will tie you to people that sometimes you wouldn't choose. But you need to be open for it. Hey, you know what? We just started life groups. And there's going to be some different personalities in life groups. It's good for you. Well, I don't really agree with him about everything. It's good for you. You've been living in the bubble of yourself for too long. You need to hear somebody else's opinion other than your own. You need to be around somebody who thinks a little bit differently than you. You need someone who's different, that comes from a different background and a different perspective and a different way of doing things to help you. And God will do that on purpose. And what I love about the life groups, they're so diverse. That's good. Different races, different ages, different genders, different backgrounds. All of those are represented in the life groups. And that's a good thing. Because we need each other. And we need people that are different than us. And maybe the people that get on your nerves are the people that God is trying to tie you with because you need them. Uh, you're not saying much today. (laughs) No, I don't agree with that. You need them. And maybe God is trying to tie you with people that you wouldn't choose, but he knows you need that person. And it's a divine relationship. It's a divine connection that God has a purpose in. And it says that Jonathan and David were knit together and they loved each other as their own souls. Now, so many times we hear about soul ties. Anybody ever heard that before? Soul ties are a real thing. But we always hear about it in the negative. But this is an example of the positive happening. Because we always hear negatively, soul ties, you get in a relationship with the wrong person, and then you try to get out of it, and it hurts to break that relationship. Why? Because you're tied together. But in the right thing, Jonathan and David were tied together. They were soul tied in a good way to be together and fulfill God's purpose. 
So there's such thing as a good soul tie. Some of you have those in here. Some of you know there's certain people in your life that God divinely connected you with that you're tied together. And it's a good soul tie. It's a healthy soul tie. It's one that helps your life, not hurts your life. Does anybody, can anybody say you have any of those relationships? And there's such thing as a good soul tie. And they loved each other as their own soul. They loved each other as their own soul. And so we need to be aware that God will try to tie us or bind us or knit us together with the right people. But notice, he can't do it without us. We have to make that choice. God will not force himself on anyone. We have to make that decision ourselves. So Jonathan and David loved each other as their own soul. That means they cared about each other in a way that was beyond just a natural friendship that's all about me. They loved each other as their own soul. Now let's look at 1 Samuel 18 again. And I think I'm going to jump down to maybe verse 3. It says, Then Jonathan and David, notice this, made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Now let's leave this verse up here. Jonathan and David made a covenant. Now, a knit together, a tied together, a bound together friendship is supernatural, but it's a covenant friendship. Everybody say covenant. Now, covenant is a Bible word that we use a lot, but every real true friendship that is going to help your life should be a covenant friendship. Can I get amen? A covenant friendship. So a covenant friendship is this. A covenant friendship means I will do everything I can do to make sure you succeed in life. If you need me, I'll come to you. If you need my help, I'll be there for you. And I won't leave you, covenant words, and I won't forsake you when times get tough. Because I'm covenanted to you, and I will do everything I can to make sure you succeed. That's a covenant friendship. It's very different than the worldly friendships. You say one wrong thing to a worldly friendship, and they won't talk to you anymore. Or they like it when you're giving, but when you actually need something in return, they're out of the picture. Because they're a mooch, not covenant. Covenant friendship means both sides have decided that we're going to be here for each other and we will do everything in our power to make sure the other person succeeds. And if I have to take a back seat to help you succeed, I will. And vice versa. That's a covenant friendship in a covenant relationship. And notice what it says. Jonathan and David made a covenant. Because he loved him as his own soul. He made a covenant that I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you succeed. You don't have to answer this out loud. Do you have anybody in your life like that? 
anybody. Everybody's looking so awkward right now. Do you have anybody like that in your life? And if you don't right now, you need to get some people like that in your life. And you need to be a person like that because those are the relationships that will last and those are the supernatural divine connections that will last. Our covenant friends, covenant relationships, that's what matters, covenant, which I will be there for you and I will do everything I can to make sure you succeed in life. Notice what happens next. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Now that's a covenant thing. Now sometimes we read the Bible and we're just like, why did they put in those details? Because when you took off your robe as a king's son and you gave him your armor, that means covenant. That means I'm here for you. That means I will do everything to promote you and protect you and be there for you. And Jonathan is initiating this covenant with David. So that's a sign of covenant when you took off your coat and you took off your armor and you gave it to the other person. That means that I'm willing to be here for you no matter what it takes. It's a sign of covenant. And notice Jonathan initiated this covenant. You still follow me today? Can I take it a little bit further? So we see in this relationship that Jonathan was the one who initiated the friendship, but Jonathan was the one, based off of the way it looked on the outside, had everything to lose. Because Jonathan was the son of Saul, who was the king. So that means Jonathan is going to be king next. But Jonathan was smart enough to know, supernaturally, that David is called to be king. Now, now think of the significance of this. He's going to be king next, but he knows his best friend is the one who really has the calling on his life to be king. And he takes a back seat to David so David can be the next king. That's a covenant friend. That's a covenant person. How many people do you have like that in your life? Let, let's bring it up to, that would be like if you wanted to be the CEO of a certain company and you had the right to be it, but your best friend you knew had a calling to be in that position and you gave it to them. But you wanted to be the CEO. That's a big deal. And he had the right to be the king, but Jonathan took a back seat to David because he said, I see the calling of God on your life. I see the mantle of God on your life. I see the anointing of God on your life. And I'm going to take a back seat to you because I'm in covenant with you. Because we're knit together. We're tied together. We're bound together. And God had them for a purpose and for a reason. Now, why did David and Jonathan get connected divinely? Because of what David was called to do. David was called to be the king of Israel. But unless he had a relationship with Jonathan, he would have never made it to be the king of Israel. And God divinely put them in each other's life to help 
one another. And, and with Jonathan, you never see jealousy. You never see anger. You never see, I wish that David would do more for me. All you see is covenant. Him promoting David. Him saying, David, no, you're called to do it. I know I'm rightfully the person that's supposed to be king, but you're called to do it. You're anointed to do it. Go for it. Do it. And as a sign of covenant, he gave him his robe, and he gave him his armor to say, I'm here for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to fulfill the plan of God for your life. Once again, who's talking like that to you in your life? Quiet in this Presbyterian church. Who's talking to you like that in your life? If the answer is nobody, you need to get new friends. You need to get some real covenant people. You need to get some people that are going to talk about, what are you called to do? How can I help you fulfill your calling? What's God telling you about? Instead of just always having natural conversations with natural people about stuff that doesn't make sense and is not important for their future. If all you talk about to your friends is sports and the weather and how you mowed your grass, you need new friends. Am I being a little too honest on a Sunday morning? You need some new friends. You need some people that are in covenant. You need some people that are spiritual around you. You need some people telling you and encouraging you on what you're called to do, not just talking about the breeze. Hello, somebody. Where'd you go? You were Pentecostal last week. Who's talking to you like that? Nobody? Other than your pastor? Who? Who is talking to you like that? Because that's your real friends. That's your covenant friends. That's the people that are going to be with you through thick and thin. That's the people that are going to live this life with you and run this race with you and, and do what you're called to do. And they're going to be with you for life. Not these people that you see, you hang out with, you've got a natural funny conversation, and you go your separate ways. God bless those people. But you need to have some covenant, faithful friends that God knits you with, ties you with, and you're covenanted to. And God has people like that in your life. He already has them. He's just waiting for you to get tied to the right people. Bound to the right people. Knit together. And once you find those right people, get committed. <laughs> get committed. What's covenant? Commitment. Get committed to it. Saying, I'm going to be with you no matter what. And I'm going to help you no matter what. And I'm here to help you fulfill your calling and promote you and speak into your life and pray for you and encourage you. Get committed to those type of people. Those are covenant friendships. We all need them. We need the right people. We need some people in our lives like Jonathan and David were in each other's lives. Get committed to it. This is something I was thinking about earlier. I know that, uh, you know, Dad used to say this about Dr. Dufresne. And some of you people, like, freaked out about it. Not outwardly, but inwardly. 
Now, when, when, when dad would say this about Dr. Dufresne, why Dr. Dufresne was dad's spiritual father for over 20 years. And he was in the covenant with him. And dad said something like this before, and I know some of you are like, <gasps> he said, if tomorrow Dr. Dufresne shot somebody and was in prison, he would fly out to California and go see him. Now, some of you act like, why would he do that? Because he's in covenant. That means you don't give up on people when they make a mistake. Are you hearing me this morning? You don't give up on people when they make a mistake. That's covenant. When they get a disease, you don't give up on them. When they did something wrong and they fall into sin, you don't give up on them. When they blow it, you don't give up on them. That's covenant. And that's a covenant friendship. And, and when dad would say that, I know some people are like, <gasps> but why not? That doesn't mean you agree with what he did. But that means you care about the person. And you're in covenant with them. And if you were in that situation, how would you want someone to treat you? Oh, my number's disconnected now. <laughs> oh, you got the wrong number. Forgot. No. How would you want if you were in the opposite situation? Now, of course, this never happened. Calm down. This never happened. Dr. Frey never shot anybody. But he was saying that as an example, that's what covenant does. That's a covenant friendship that says, I will do whatever it takes to make sure you succeed in life. And I'll be there for you no matter what because I care about your future and I care about your calling. Who are you knit together with? Who are you tied to? The funny part about this is everybody wants to be a David, but nobody wants to be a Jonathan. Don't we all? We read the story. Who are, who are, who are we in the story? We're, we're always the hero, right? We're always the King David, the anointed one, and everyone else is our armor bearers, right? When we read the Bible, that's who we are. We're the heroes in the story. Everybody wants to be the David in the story. Nobody wants to be the Jonathan. But let me tell you something. You've got to be a Jonathan before you can be a David. The Bible says if you can't serve in another person's life and ministry, you can't have your own. If you're not willing to serve and love somebody else and be there for them and be faithful and covenant to them, you're not going to have people like that in your life. Why? Because you reap what you sow. And you sow what you reap. So whatever you're giving out is what you're going to receive into your life. So what do we do? We, we read it. I'm David, the anointed king. And all of you are Jonathan's, my servants. That's how you read it. Everyone else is going to take the back seat for me and promote me and honor me because I'm David in the story. But who are you being a Jonathan to in your life? It's easy to be David in this story. But you got to be a Jonathan before you can be a David. Let me ask you this. Who are you there being there for? Who are you calling and praying for? Who are you encouraging in their calling and their anointing? Who are you there for when... When times get bad and someone falls into sin or someone gets sick or someone's depressed, are you there for them? Are you being a Jonathan? 
Because you got to be a Jonathan before you can be a David. Come on, we all want to be a David. But are you a Jonathan? Are you Jonathan that says, I will do everything I can to make sure you succeed? Am I a Jonathan that says, hey, I'll even take a back seat to help you be promoted? Why? Because I'm in covenant with you. So we have to be a Jonathan before we can be a David. You guys get something today? So David and Jonathan were knit together, tied together in a covenant friendship, covenant relationship. Who are those people in your life? I know messages like this make you think, and you need to. And you need to take what you hear on Sunday morning like this when you're thinking about stuff and take the rest of the day and keep thinking about it. It's called meditating. Think about it. Maybe even write some people's names down that are good friends to you that you need to call and text and say, thank you for being a good covenant friend to me. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for not giving up on me when I make mistakes. You know, your pastor makes mistakes. Anybody else make mistakes in here? Aren't you thankful for the people that don't give up on you? That don't hold your past over your head? Who help you move forward in life? You want to hear something funny? Just to lighten the mood. Since she's not here, I can talk about her. It's my mom. Because <laughs> I'm talking about people that are there for you when you make mistakes. You know what? The only person who brings up my past to me, you know who it is? <laughs> it's my mom. <laughs> In a funny way, sometimes. But she always feels the need. to remind me and other people about some of my adventures in high school. For some strange reason, everyone else has forgotten it and like moved on like, oh, he's a man of God now, he's a pastor, let's not talk about high school. But but there's certain people that that remind me of this or, you know, if I say something smart, she goes, remember that one time, Jordan, that that your teacher said you were the biggest smart elk who ever went to Christian Academy? You remember that, Jordan? Like, did they say that? And that was a stretch. Out of everyone who ever, could you believe that church family? They would say that about your pastor. 40 years of Christian Academy? Really, I was the biggest smart aleck that ever went there? I mean, I was top five, but I wasn't number one. (laughs) So anyways, you need to get some friends that are not like my mother. No, I'm joking. (laughs) That bring up your past. No, you need to get some friends in your life that, Help you move past your past. Help you move forward. Who love you and encourage you and are there for you even when you make mistakes. That's a covenant friend. Like Jonathan and David. Jonathan and David, what did it say? They were knit together and they loved each other as their own souls. So let's read Amos 3 in verse 3. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Now, I need some help today. And actually, I'm going to ask for Joshua Renfro and Sammy Gary. I missed you last week because I was going to hit you with a baseball bat, and it was going to be a lot of fun. 
but you weren't here, so thank you guys. So what does this verse say? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Now, when I preach about knit together, what is the first thing I think about? Well, since knit together means to be tied or bound to, I think about a three-legged race. And more specifically, it always makes me think about camp when we play the game with the 10-foot beach ball and people are tied together. And it's hilarious because you have two different people with two different agendas and two different directions trying to play the game. And guess what happened? It doesn't work. You have people literally dragging other people with one leg. You have people running two different directions. And you know what happens? No one wins that way because can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's why it's important in life that you have people that are going the same direction. That they believe the same things you believe. That they want to be involved in the plan of God for their life, just like you do. That they want to be involved in their local church. They're not trying to skip services. They're trying to be here. And it says, how could two people walk together unless they agree on the same direction? Because whether you know it or not, all your friends that you're close to you, you're tied to. And they're either making you lose today or they're making you win. They're either taking you down or they're taking you up. Why? Because you're tied to them. And unless you get on the same direction and the same agreement and the same covenant, it's not going to work. Come here, you two. Now, Chad, I'm going to need you to tie their legs together. Stand right here. Now, don't be too hard on each other, okay? Don't hurt nobody. I know these... Both of these boys are athletes, so I don't want anyone to get hurt. Okay. So, yeah, let me say, so Joshua, he's a man of God. He wants to go the right direction. But Sammy... He's not a good influence. He's one of those friends who are trying to take him down a wrong path. Do his own thing. Joshua, you don't have to come to church. You don't have to obey your parents. Forget what Pastor Jordan says. He's old anyways. Did you say that? I picked that up. Did you say that about me? Okay, so how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So Joshua, he's trying to fulfill the plan of God for his life, but he's tied to the wrong person. Okay, now Joshua, I want you to go try to, no, don't do it yet. Here, stand right here. I want you to go try to touch my door. And Sammy, I want you to try to go and touch that door. Don't be hard on each other. Not, I mean, be hard, but not too hard. So Joshua, he's trying to fulfill the plan of God for his life, but he's tied to the wrong person. But what do we say? Oh, they're funny. But I've known them for so long, I can't. But what are they going to say if I have to make some distance between you and them? 
How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Okay, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, you came undone. You came undone. Get it back. Get it back here. I don't know. Joshua kind of had this, but then it came undone. So what does the scripture say? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? How can two people go together without agreeing on the direction? All right, so hold on. Now, now Joshua, he wants to pursue the calling for his life, but he's tied to the wrong people. And he doesn't think it's making a difference in his life, but it is. Because whether he gets to his destination or not depends on who he's tied to. Okay, now let's come back in the middle. You got a little head start over here. Okay. One, two, three, go. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, come up here. Tie him up one more time, Chad. Sammy's just crawling on the ground. He's not even walking anymore. (laughs) How could two walk together lest they be agreed? Come on, are you getting something today? Oh, you guys are never getting out of this. (laughs) Okay. So this is what happens. As, as you can see, from those past two times, no one's getting to their destination, good or bad. No one's fulfilling the plan of God for life. Because how can two walk together unless they be agreed? They got to get an agreement. So whoever you're tied to matters. They got to go the same direction. So let's just act like Sammy got right with God. You agree with that? He got right with God. Thank God. He got saved at the quarry service. He came down to the altar. He was crying and weeping. He was saying, I mistreated my mom and dad and my sisters. I'm sorry. God, I repent. So he's right with the Lord now. So they're going the same direction. Because you're agreed now. You both want to fulfill the plan of God for your life. Now, I'm going to have you. Now, you're on the same team now. You're not against each other. I want you to go all the way to that door and come back because now you're agreed. As fast as you can without falling. Okay. Why? Because they're in covenant now. One, two, three. (laughs) All right, now that's Chad's fault. Come on. Hey, let's cheer him on. How could two walk together unless they be agreed? Come on back. They just touched God's plan for their life. Do you see that? They just walked into God's plan for their life. Why? Because they're in agreement. All right, come on, Chad. You can untie Come on, let's give it up for Sam and Joshua this morning. If, if he can undo it, I don't know if he can. I love this. Can two people walk together 
Can two people walk together, what? Without agreeing on the direction. Hopefully you got that illustration today. Let me ask this again. Who are you tied to? Who are you tied to? Who are you bound up with? Who are you knit together with? Why? Because it matters whether you win or lose in this life. It matters if you make it to the destination, to the calling, to the plan on who you're tied to. I know um, after high school, there was a time in my life that I had to separate myself from certain friends. It wasn't fun, but it was worth it. And I know one particular friend I had, we were in the truck one day, and we're still good friends to this day. And you know, when we get together, we'll joke together, we'll have fun together, but we can't talk about anything real. You got those friends? That's all it is. It's superficial. You crack jokes all day, you'll talk about old times, it's kind of fun, but it's empty. It's hollow. It's a superficial relationship. And I remember I had to say in the truck one day, I love you. But we're going two different directions. And this is not going to work. And we can't be as close as we used to be. Not because I don't love you, but you're trying to go this direction. And I'm trying to go this direction. And how can two walk together unless they agree on the direction? Because I can't fulfill what I'm called to do. And you can't either if we're both pulling each other these directions. And you know what? That friend didn't appreciate that conversation. But it had to happen. And I still have a good relationship with them today, so it's not like it ruined it forever. But they knew the same thing in their heart. We're going two different directions. Sometimes you might need to have conversations with people like that. I love you. I'm here for you. But I'm trying to go this way, and you're going that way. And I can't walk with you because two can't be... Together and walk together lest they be agreed on the direction. And I love you, but I care more about God's plan for my life. I care more about the calling of God on my life. Well, we got history. I care more about the plan of God for my life. Well, we've always been. I care more about God's plan for my life and the direction of my life and the calling of my life. And you can come with me too. But we need to be on the same Thinking, We need to be on the same mentality. We need to have the same direction in our heart if this is going to work. And you know what? There was a time in my life that I, I separated some by choice, some not by choice, uh, after high school. And you know what happened? I was lonely for a season of my life. I was lonely. Are any of you in here willing to be lonely for a season of your life to get better friends? I was lonely. Me. Social butterfly me. Was at home on a Friday night hanging out with mom and dad. Me. College age, hanging out with mom and dad on a Friday night. See, some of you, you can't even, you can't even handle that, me saying that. But it was worth it. 
I didn't see it then, but it's worth it now. And so there was a season in my life that I had to separate from some people, and I walked through a lonely season to get where I am today. Because I had to tell some people, we can't walk together because we're not agreed here. We're going two different directions. And you know what happened? God brought me better friends. Can God do that? Some of you don't even believe God can do that. You're like, no, I've always had them in my life. God can bring you better friends. And you know what? Then God brought me the stumblers. And then God brought me Bruce and D. And I didn't even know Amzy existed back then. I didn't know there was a person named Chad Steele back then. I didn't know there was an Anthony back then. I didn't even know their names. But what did God do? He brought better friends. The right friends. Why? Because I separated from the wrong friends. And I chose to live and walk alone for a season because I knew God's plan was better and God's direction was better than letting everybody take me down the direction that they're going to. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Can God bring better people in your life? He can. And that doesn't mean you completely ignore and reject everyone in your past. That's not what I'm saying. But it's saying God can bring better people, the right people. Notice when you choose, hey, God, I want to go this direction, but everybody might bail on me if I do. He says, okay, I'll bring you better people. I'll bring you the right people in your life. I'll bring you the people in your life that love you and care about your future, that are givers and not takers, that care about your anointing and your calling, and they want to be a Jonathan. And you can have a Jonathan and David relationship with them, and you can be knit together with them. So listen to what your pastor's saying today. Get tied to the right people. And if you're not right now, Make some tough choices if you got to. You can love people, but you can still say, we're going two different ways, and we need to separate. And God's good. He knows you need friends. He knows you need fellowship. He knows you need the right people. He'll bring better people in your life. He will. He'll do it. But that's when we choose to get tied to the right people. Last verse today, Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. I appreciate you listening to me today and hearing my heart. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Come on, isn't that a good verse? Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. That's what Jonathan and David did. They helped each other succeed. Notice this, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, that's why I'm so strong about you guys having other 
good friends in your life? Because of this verse right here. Not, not isolating yourself. Not being a loner. But having people to do life with the right friends, the right life group, the right people. Why? Because the Bible says if one person falls and they have someone else, they can reach out and help. But if someone falls alone, you're in real trouble. You need other people. You can't do it by yourself. Next verse. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But notice this. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Come on, I know Amzie liked that verse. you got to have some people that have your back. Why? Because you can't see everything. You can't see every attack that comes against you. You can't see everything that's trying to hurt you. But having someone else that's a real friend, a covenant friend, that's knit together with you, they have your back and they will help you when you can't see it. And notice, they will have your back so you will not be defeated and you can conquer. you got to have people like that that have your back. And notice, three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now what is a triple braided cord? Someone who's knit together, tied together, bound together. So he says two's better than one, but guess what? Three's even better than that. Now what would three be? A life group. He's saying it's great if you have two, but even better if you got three and four. Five and six. Some of you groups like Brother Sean's got 30. But what, what if all 30 of those men in that group had each other's back? You would be David's mighty men. What if all 12 people in Brother Les's group, all, all those men, had each other's back? and prayed for each other, and loved each other, and were knit together, and tied together, and go in the same direction. What could those men do? Those women in Miss Donna's life group, or Miss Lois's life group, or Miss Becky's life group, or Miss Pam's life group, what if all the women in those life group had each other's back, and didn't talk about each other, but prayed for each other? Jesus, help me. And they loved one another, and they were there for one another, and they were knit together and tied together and going the right direction. What could they do? Covenant friendship. So he says two's better than one, but guess what? Three's even better because a three-braided cord is not easily broken. That means when you have that many covenant people together, ain't no devil in hell going to break that apart. Ain't no temptation, ain't no sickness, ain't nothing else in their life going to break that up. Why? Because they are tied together. Tied together. By that supernatural divine connection. And God has those people for you today. God has those people for you today. I just ask you that you be open to it. You be open to it. You make the tough decisions 
maybe to separate yourself from some people you have been tied to. But I tell you, the best place to find covenant friends, no apologies here, is in the local church. The best place to find friends, in the local church. That's not saying you can't have friends other places, but I'm saying your best friends should be in the house of God. Your covenant friends are right here. The people going the same direction you're going are right here. I thought it would have got a better amen than that. But God wants you to be knit together. Did you guys get something today? Well, I think I preached myself happy. <laughs>